Welcome to the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast, the show that helps fempreneurs how to confidently share their message with those who need it most. Online, on social media, in the lineup at the grocery store, all those places where you need to have your message clear and you need to know who you're talking to and why it matters. Today's episode is uh, kind of a two-part episode, two-in-one. We love those, right, ladies? Uh, The first part is where I'm interviewed on the Part-Time Jungle podcast by Tiana, and then the second part is where I interview her. So you're going to get tons of information today, and you're going to learn lots and lots and lots, so I hope you enjoy it. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for joining me, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So Lindsay is a mom of a 14-year-old and has been an instrumental part of turning mere ideas into viable and sustainable businesses for many women entrepreneurs. Not only has Lindsay shared her passion and expertise of social media and tirelessly promoted community and collaboration with like-minded women, she has gone to the next level with the publishing of her two books and creating the YYC Fempreneurs. This community is growing with every online marketing school Lindsay offers and with every monthly e-newsletter, along with the rave reviews from grads using what they've learned about how to effectively market themselves online. Over 100 women have found the confidence and energy they need to succeed thanks to the support of this group and its founder and leader. You are a busy person. Wow. I feel busy now that you said it like that. I guess that was my bio that my friend Kathy Whitney wrote for me. (laughs) Well, and it's amazing. I saw on social media that she was helping you with your bio while you were eating popcorn. I'm a huge fan of popcorn. So not only do we both have 14-year-olds, we also both love popcorn, which is great. (laughs) We were meant to be friends. (laughs) So you clearly wear many hats, and I would love to hear about your motherhood and work juggle. So how has that changed over time for you, and what are some of the strategies that have helped you along the way? Well, I think a big part of the the mindset shift around, um, you know, I guess incorporating my son into my business versus separating him from my business. Like um, I I kind of realized through just listening to a podcast and I can't remember who said it was like, your kids need to see what mommy's working actually looks like. Right. I mean, from a young, young age, they need like, what does that mean? Right. I know a lot of kids who don't like I'm a youth leader at my church and I, and I volunteer at a summer camp, not this year, but in past years. And a lot of kids have like, I'm like, Oh, what do your, what does your mom do? And like, they don't even know. And like, and whether they're business owners or job people, I don't know. But I mean, I think a lot of time it's like, mommy's working, mommy's working. I have work stuff to do. So when I started telling specifically, telling my son specifically what I was doing and even attaching dollar values, like the actual dollar values, like this brings in this much income and this client pays me this much. And like, I literally get really nitty gritty with him about it. Um, I think that that helps me feel maybe like less guilt around being like, go hit Netflix for a couple hours. I got to crush something out here. Like, you know, and this is what I'm actually doing. Um, Yeah. I hope that answers your question. (laughs) That was a big mindset shift for me years ago. So. Yeah. And I think that's so true because you're right. You know, a mom or dad heads off to work and 
it in a lot of ways, especially as kids get older and they're at school, they're maybe not really seeing all the things that are happening per se. And I think it's good for them to have that awareness and understanding and kind of be a part of it with you. And I think you know, you, your perspective on that and your experience of that with that is so valuable, especially now, given everything that's going on, because we've just moved through that interesting stretch where we were all at home a lot more <laughs> together yes. and, and trying to navigate that and having to work with our kids around much more than under normal circumstances. So I think that's a really interesting and great perspective to have and a great great approach to use. I really like Thank that. Thank you. Well, obviously, you have had a variety of experiences in the world of work, including starting your first business, um, being introduced to the concept of residual income, and being let go from a job. So mm -hmm. I'd love to learn more about these experiences and what you learned from them. Well, I mean... I wanted to be my own boss from about the age of 18 and a half when I graduated high school, moved out to Vancouver. I had older, I still do have over, older step siblings there, half siblings, I guess. Um, and they, two or three of the four of them were in Amway. And so I like was introduced to this idea of being my own boss and, and earning residual income, meaning doing something once and continuing to make money off of it. Now I don't do Amway anymore. I, you know, I basically gleaned a lot of the self-improvement and personal growth from that experience and decided that I wanted to create my own business from my own brain with my own products. And eventually learned that if you can learn something and teach others how to do it, that is a marketable product that you can earn residual income from. So it took me a lot of years to figure that out. It took getting fired, honestly, to figure that out. So I, um, I became a hairdresser after my Vancouver experience. One of my many jobs when I lived in Vancouver was working at a salon as the receptionist. Love the salon atmosphere. I'm still a hairstylist today. I still have a few clients. I don't have a lot of clients, but the ones that I do have, I absolutely love just hanging out with them. And when I was in high school, even in junior high, I used to love doing my friend's hair. So it'd be like, come over and, you know, we'll eat popcorn and watch movies and I'll do your hair. And like doing their hair was always part of it, whether it was like French braiding or they would let me chemically do their hair sometimes. It was pretty good. Um, yeah. And I would like bribe my little sister with like my stuffed animals that she really liked if she let me cut her hair. So I've always been into doing people's hair and changing their look, but um, long story short, I did hair for eight years and then ended up leaving the town that I was doing that in. So I went from Vancouver to Grand Prairie. I was in Grand Prairie for nine years and then uh, had been trying to get out of there for a while. It just didn't feel like my forever home. I'd always loved the Calgary area and I had an opportunity to move out here. And I kind of tried to get my beauty business going here. Um, ended up working at a Medi Spa downtown Calgary for a very short period of time. And that was the period of time and the relationship that I made while working there was what led me to where I am today. So um, yeah, I'm going to make a really long story really short and just say I ended up working for a large international investment firm. And I know a lot of people are like, how do you go from being a hairdresser to managing people's life savings? Well, 
I've done it. I did it. And it's possible. And the number one thing that this company was looking for was a long track record as a self-employed person. And I had that through my mobile beauty business that I ran in, uh, in Grand Prairie for eight years. So they trained me about all the financial things after I, you know, passed my Canadian securities course exams and, um, had my life insurance license. I had, you know, a couple of things in place before they hired me and they trained me the rest of the way. And, uh, when they fired me three years later, it was because I wasn't bringing in the commissions that I needed to basically be profitable for them as a company. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, I realized that after about 12 hours of sobbing and I, you know, booked a couple of meetings with a couple of people in the industry who had been sort of telling me for a number of months that this wasn't going to be my forever home in this company. And I was like, no way, this is, I'm going to retire with this company. I'm going to be here forever. I love it. It's great. It's my, it's my big girl job. It makes me feel so purposeful. And they were like, mm, you're an entrepreneur and this is a job. Like, this is not for you. <laughs> so when I got fired, uh, I quickly started to realize that the, the reason it wasn't a good fit for me was that I am passionate about learning and then taking that knowledge, that proven knowledge that can improve lives and taking it out to people and teaching it to them in a way that's easy for them to understand, dumbing down, you know, complex financial concepts. So I quickly wrote my first book while I quickly hired a business coach who had written books and wrote my first book, Money and the 39 Forever Mom. That is an amazing story. And I love how you know, in sort of looking back and reflecting back, like all of those experiences, you learned something that yeah. you could apply moving forward. And even those moments of, you know, rejection, or I guess, you know, in some people, in some ways people would say like a failure, but it's not, I find like in those moments we learn the most. And right. when you look back in retrospect, it always makes sense <laughs> even though it doesn't right. feel that way at the time right we're sobbing for 12 hours straight i've had similar experiences where you just know that something isn't working or something mm -hmm. ends or um you're told that you're not the right fit for something or you don't get that job that you really want to apply for and in the moment it just feels like the world has ended <laughs> right but uh, when you look back um, it kind of, it's taught you something or it's helped you gain some clarity or it's helped you get to where you really should have, should have been and are. Um, I love that. That's a, a very powerful story. And you really have done many, many different things. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I love how you're teaching people based on the experiences that you've had and the things that you've done and the things that you've learned in a way that's really accessible. And uh, I'm, my background is education. I'm a teacher. So I just, I love that. And, and you can be a teacher without being, you know, a formal teacher, right? right. Um, I think the biggest thing is the mindset that you have that you love to learn yeah. and you're always learning. I think that's yeah. the most important piece for sure. Yes. So I'm curious, what is your definition of success? And a second question to go along with that. Why do you feel that it's important to have that clear definition of success? Yeah, my definition of success is being someone who has, like back to what we were just talking about, gained a lot of knowledge, a lot of it through trial and error and through falling on your face and getting up and figuring out what just happened there and kind of 
turning it into something teachable. Um, my definition of success is definitely not measured with wealth and money and assets and material things. It's how big of an impact are you making on this world with the things you know? How many different ways are you packaging your smart brain and putting it out there? Because I do feel we all have a moral obligation to share what we know. And I mean, really, success is a reflection of how well we're doing at that, in my opinion. Um, and your second part of the question of, uh, what was the second question? <laughs> So just why, uh, why do you feel that it's important to have that clear definition of success? Um, I guess just because I've been, you know, I was chasing a moving target for a long time. I also think the second part of why that's important to me, I mean, you, you know, chasing a moving target versus knowing what you want, not meaning that you're ever going to 100% get there and then be like, and eh, I'm going to sit on my butt on my yacht now. Like, no, <laughs> right. We, we get there and it's just milestones. So the definition of success is definitely all, always evolving and I guess to some degree is a moving target, but without knowing what we want in this next chapter, we can't really celebrate the wins and psychologically we need to celebrate the wins in order to feel fulfilled, right? So I guess, yeah, that's part of it is defining what we want and what success looks like. And for me, success is literally just, you know, when I hit that hundredth student that came through my marketing school a month ago, that was something that I have yet to celebrate on a formal way, which is in the works, by the way. <laughs> There's an event coming up on October 8th for the YYC Fempreneurs where we'll be, we will be celebrating that milestone of 100 students um, uh, through the marketing school. Um, so, okay, so I just lost my train of thought again. What was the second part? <laughs> <laughs> question was I asked me, why is it important to... Yeah, to, why is it important to have that right. definition of success? Yeah. yeah, I guess I guess that would be the biggest reason. I had another one, but I lost it. <laughs> That's no problem. And if it comes up in a little bit, feel free yeah. to throw it out there and we okay, can share perfect. it then. Yeah. But I, I love I love that. Um and I love that you're planning to celebrate that important milestone with Fempreneurs and that those one hundred students. And I think it is important to celebrate our, our successes and our wins and not forget to do that. And it's so funny. So with this podcast, I started in February. Awesome. Um, and so my, I had this goal in mind. Um, I'm, I'm going to celebrate when I have a thousand downloads. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm just past that a little bit, but it's funny in some ways I'm thinking, is that worth celebrating? Which is so terrible. I don't know. Of course if it's a, it is. Is it a, like a, a female characteristic or something to be like, yeah, oh, well, is that really worth celebrating? But it's funny. Um, my, I was joking with our kids saying that we should celebrate. And I said the celebration was going to be like a listening party of all the episodes of the podcast. And my crew are like, well, we can celebrate, but we're not really your target audience. We're not moms and we don't work. <laughs> I Love thought that was her. sweet. Yeah, they're like, we'll eat ice cream instead. Okay. <laughs> but that's nice. They definitely wanted to celebrate. So I think you're right. It's important to, you know, to set those goals, but then to actually celebrate those wins and those accomplishments for sure. Definitely. We might have to have a combination celebration. My hundredth student and your thousandth subscriber. I'm in. I'm in. A one hundred thousand party. <laughs> that would be, see, that sounds even better when you come together and celebrate. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and then obviously, even along, along the lines of sort of that combined party. So community and connection is obviously a huge part of what you do. 
And what do you feel is the importance of surrounding yourself with like-minded women? Oh my gosh, that's what I was going to say. Okay. Okay. When you said, said, why is it important to know your definition of success is because you need to surround your, you need to surround yourself with people that have a similar definition of success. So yes, going right where you were going. I like how we both think. See, this is all working. It's all working. Perfect. But it is, it, there is something to be said about people with a similar mindset or like going through something with a group of people at the same time. Um, yeah. There's something very powerful in that because you're able to really be there for one another and celebrate and encourage and push and challenge each other in the best possible ways. Right. Um, it, I find it so helpful. It makes such a, a huge difference to to, to have that community as a mom and, and in the work that we do as well. Absolutely. I'm a much, I'm a much better mom because of my village and because of my community. Oh my Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because right before COVID, so it was like a week before things started shutting down and it started becoming like a big thing. I was out at a writing retreat with one of my clients. She was putting the finishing touches on her book that I was helping her finish. And while we were there in Invermere, you know, panorama closed. I was supposed to catch a ride back with somebody. They weren't coming anymore because of COVID and da 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 da. And I kind of got stranded for a couple of days. And then my friend Kathy Whitney that I was telling you about, she came and rescued me. Anyways, long story short, um, while I was there, I was also planning the first ever YYC Fempreneurs Fab Five event. It was like a speed dating event that I'd had in my head for a little while. I was going to hold it at Trolley Five downtown Calgary on 17th Ave. It's going to be called Fab Five at Trolley Five. And it was going to be like speed dating where you got to have five speed dates, but not super speedy, like seven minutes, like three and a half minutes each talking um, about your, you know, your, your passion, your purpose, your business, you're excited about blah, blah, blah. Anyways, that of course couldn't happen because of COVID. So then I switched it to a Zoom event and I learned how to do those, those, um, uh, those, what are they called? The, the, the breakout breakout group. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I learned how to do those through youth group because our youth group started using Zoom and we were doing these breakout rooms and I was like, oh. So anyways, so I held, I think, four or five of those throughout COVID and they were so successful. And the women that came on there and met new women, like, ran off into the sunset together and like the whole thing it was just amazing so to your point um we really can't accomplish much without like-minded women around us and that was the biggest the biggest reason why i started the yyc fempreneurs with a marketing school where everyone showed up on the same day for six weeks and crushed it together and partnered them up and made sure that at the end of that six weeks they were rock solid as a team and uh yeah because that was the thing that i had been missing all those years and honestly, I still didn't really have it um, when I started the marketing school. I knew I still needed more accountability, more teammates. So I kind of selfishly started my own team, right? I was like, you guys are all going to get this too, but <laughs> I'm going to get it and it's going to be awesome. And yeah, I've gained like 200, 300 contacts. I don't know. I'd have to sit down and look at how many female entrepreneurs I've met and actually would know by name and know what they do and know how many kids they have and how old they are and what their biggest, you know, win is like to know that much about that many women in the last year, a half, year and a half is such a blessing that I can't imagine my life before I had that. Yeah. And that's amazing. What an incredible opportunity for yourself and kudos for you for getting the ball rolling with that, right? Like realizing that that was something that was missing for you and that you wanted. And obviously 
it's resonated with many other people because you've created this incredible community and all these incredible connections of like-minded women. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I find even that was sort of why I started this podcast is I felt like this conversation around motherhood and work just wasn't really openly discussed. And I really struggled with it, especially as a new mom. Mm. And I just found, you know, people sort of seem to have this plan and they seem very sure of it. And I was trying to figure mm-hmm. out what was going to work best for me. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't something that anybody really talked about. But it's funny, like as I've been talking about it, there's lots of people that have these incredible stories and journeys and and ups and downs and all the things and it's been so such a uniting force just in chatting about the juggle and what's worked for people and what's been tough and some effective strategies they've found and all the things so having that community makes such a difference for sure I'm curious where you came up with the name part-time jungle like I love it so much (laughs) jungle thing like where did that come from Well, so the jungle, I call our kids monkeys (laughs) and we've got three of them and I I do feel like we live in a jungle some of the time and then (laughs) truthfully, um, so yeah, we've got three monkeys and, um, the part-time piece actually initially was because when I wanted to go back to work. So as a teacher, I used to teach, um, high school bio and chem, I wanted to work part-time, like I just couldn't see working full-time hours and I didn't want to stay home full-time and just navigating that gray area or that sort of way that I felt would work best for me just seemed especially lonely and uncomfortable. But then it's uh, the name has sort of evolved because I think really, and this was the other piece in being a mom, like with anything motherhood, there's opinions about things. <laughs> like if you work full time, I've heard the comments, um, you know, people will say, oh, you know, your kids are only little for so long. Like you, do you really need to be working full time? Or if you're staying at home, um, you know, there can be judgments there. Like I've heard people say things like, oh, you know, those stay at home moms and their Lululemon outfits, <laughs> like going to the gym all day. And like, there's so much judgment. And even mm-hmm. with part-time when I, cause I teach at the University of Calgary part-time. Um, and I, when I started there, I felt so proud and I felt like I was making such a difference for my students and I felt very excited and it worked really well for our family. And I remember somebody asking me what courses I was teaching and I told them and they kind of hesitated and were like, so what else do you do? Like, that wasn't enough. I don't know. There's just so much judgment around it. So um, I feel like in motherhood and work, it's kind of a jungle part of the time for all of us, no matter the way. And I think instead of being judgy. (laughs) Um, If we just are, you know, understanding that everybody's going to have a way that works best for them. And sometimes it's due to circumstance and sometimes we're able to make a choice. Um, But really we're united in motherhood. And if we can just be kind and share stories, then um, that's that's the better way to be and the better way to do things. So that's my long-winded answer. The name has evolved. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, So 
And here in the part-time jungle, we definitely like to keep things real because it can for sure look like and feel like everyone has it way more together than we do, Um, especially on social media. But motherhood is truly an adventure. And in my case, it feels like a jungle. Um, (laughs) Do you have a mommy mess up that you'd be willing to share with us? So a mistake or something you wish you'd done differently or maybe a learning experience of some sort? Well, I think in general, I I yell a little more than I should. Um, Something happened this morning uh, that I'll let you know about. So ridiculous. I can't even believe I'm telling you this. But anyways, um, (laughs) so my son got his license on his birthday, his 14th birthday. Okay. So he's been driving quite a bit. We did a big road trip down to Vancouver Island and back. I let him drive in Vancouver. He drove off the ferry. He drove on the ferry to go to Nanaimo. He drove off the ferry. Like he's drove a lot. I wasn't really comfortable with him driving in Vancouver. I was going to make him pull over at some point when we got off the ferry, but traffic wasn't too bad. And he drove all the way through Vancouver to my sister's house. And that was great. So this morning we're driving out to his school at Springbank and the traffic was insane. And Another part of this, speaking of popcorn, so crushed some popcorn a couple days ago, had this piece of popcorn jammed like in the weirdest spot up in behind my teeth. Oh, and it, yeah. it was like, it had been there for a few days. That had been a few days inside. Pop, you know when you get popcorn stuck in your teeth, it's three I days do. later, you're like, it's inflamed and it's mad and it's not good. And I could not get it out. So I'm digging at it the whole way with this piece of plastic that I folded in half and got this nice little sharp point. And I was digging at it for the whole 15 minute drive. And so he's driving, we get into this horrible traffic mess. We decided to go around the other way, but right as we're coming up to this road traffic, I get the thing out and I have this piece of popcorn on my finger and I held it over to him and I was like, look, I got it. And he looks over and he almost rear-ended a car. Because he was looking at what I was showing him. And I'm like, stop! And I like yelled, right? Like, scary mommy yell. Yeah. Which it was my fault that he almost ran into the car. Anyways, there's your story. Fresh one from this morning. I don't know if there's a lesson in that. Maybe. I don't even know. I need to be less yelly. <laughs> and more present with what's actually happening in the moment. And when your son is new and he's driving, do not talk to him when his foot is on the gas pedal. And show him the piece of popcorn you pulled out of your mouth. <laughs> oh my goodness. But we all have those moments, right? Uh-huh. We all have those moments. Yeah. You know, our oldest is studying for his learners right now. So we haven't quite ventured into the driving, but that will be an interesting time. But I'll make a mental note because that could definitely happen to me, given the amount of popcorn I can see. <laughs> that was like an episode of Seinfeld. We totally came back around to the popcorn. <laughs> I love it. I love it. (laughs) Popcorn has its ups and downs for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great story. Thank you for sharing and being so honest. There's a lot of value in it, but I hope your listeners are laughing right now. Well, I think, but it's, it's great because I think it's just good to share these types of moments and these happenings because they happen to all of us. Right. And I think Sometimes in some cases, maybe people feel, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I, you know, worst parent ever. But I mean, we're, we've all done stuff like that, right? Like my list is long. <laughs> We'd be here all day. <laughs> I have many moments. Yes. Oh man. Oh. That's a great question too. I'm looking forward to listening to some episodes of your show to hear what others have said to that question. There's been some very, yeah, a whole range of answers. Some very interesting ones for sure. <laughs> 
There's a great story about a bear. So you'll have to listen to that one for sure. What episode is that? Uh, that is, yeah, that's an interview with Resume Restoration. So I believe it's 17. Hey, I yes, that yes. <laughs> it was a good one. It was a good one with some good lessons that came from that for sure. Um, and then just before we wrap things up, just wondering if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening, who might be looking for some inspiration or support with their own mom work juggles. Um, I do preach the boundaries a lot. Um, I actually went to the Hoffman process uh, right before I started the Fempreneur community in the marketing school. That was really where I had the aha moment of how I could structure it and my life in order to pull it off and really came down to boundaries, down to um, making sure that the other people in my life know that this is kind of how I run my life. These are the time chunks that I don't budge on. And when it comes to growing your business and getting intentional with your time and batching your to-dos. So basically not putting creative time with client meetings um, and not trying to do dishes and laundry while, you know, creating posts on Canva, like getting more intentional with your time boundaries and batching the bees, I call them Um, be more. uh, Yeah. Be more consistent with your bees basically. No, that's good advice. Cause I think there's this idea um, around multitasking and it, actually can just, I think, create a lot of anxiety. And it really prevents us from being as productive as we could be. And uh, what you're speaking of, I'm definitely trying to work on being better at, at that for sure. And I think now that we're shifting into a little bit more of a routine, I think it will be a little bit easier. But um, yeah, I've definitely tried to be more intentional with my time. And even with the times with our kids, like just making sure that I'm really present for them um, and not distracted by work things or all the other things that we're trying to do. So yeah, no, that is great advice. Thank you. And thank you for creating this podcast. This is so needed. Like I'm just so honored to be on this podcast and to get to know some of your audience and to share you with my audience. I'm looking forward to to blasting this out there to my channels and e-newsletter and Instagram. And I'm just like, yeah, what you're doing is fantastic. So thank you for following your heart and for pushing through the discomfort of taking on something else, because no matter what that person says, they're full of crap, like you're a busy lady and this is another thing. And so you're, it's a great service for moms and moms who want to, who want to crush life in all areas, including being an entrepreneur. So yeah, kudos to you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you here. It's such an honor. And I feel like I've learned so much just even through our conversation, which is wonderful. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate that. And thank you also just for being here and sharing your story, Um, all your ideas, all your knowledge knowledge with us today. So if uh, the Part-Time Jungle listeners want to learn more about you and all the amazing things that you do, where are the best places to find you? Yeah, yycfempreneurs.com and yycfempreneurs on Instagram. There's always a free marketing tool at the yycfempreneurs.com homepage. Um, There's a page there where you can learn more about me, although I feel like if you've listened to this podcast, you've probably got a pretty clear picture of who I am and why I do what I do. Um, Yeah, so the marketing school is is a six-week process, and the next one starts up September 23rd. It runs four or five times a year. 
Um, sometimes when a world crisis happens like COVID, I run two classes at once, <laughs> um, which is what I did, which was pretty cool. And yeah, you can, uh, you can get in on that. And once you're a graduate from the program, then you can join Fem Team, which is a mastermind group that I run, small groups. Um, and we're actually working on a leadership summit right now. So we're going to be holding a big event, a uh, mixture of live and online um, seminars and sessions and workshops and things all focused on leadership and how leadership and marketing and serving our clients all connects and how we can be better at that as entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs. So yeah, that's where you can find out about me, yycfempreneurs.com. And thank you so much again. This has been awesome. Thank you. And I'll make sure to share all that information in the show notes. That sounds like you've got a lot of exciting things coming up as well. That's so great. Thank you so much again for sharing your time with us today, Lindsay. It was so appreciated. You're so welcome. All right. Um, is it Tiana or Tiana? It's Tiana. I know Tiana, it's one okay. of those names. Yes. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Tiana. And I, I didn't say your name once before because I'd forgot to ask you that before we hit record. I feel so awful. So Tiana. <laughs> yeah, Tiana, yes. Thank you for that interview. That was fantastic. I, I get so excited uh, when I get the opportunity to share my story, but also when I just get to share time with someone who I feel like is totally on the same page as me. It's so empowering and energizing. So thank you so much. Um, I want to share uh, a little bit about you with, with YYC Fempreneurs. So um, I guess, tell me kind of like the top two or three things that you think people should know about you when it comes to, you know, life experience, why you do what you do, that kind of thing. Okay. So, um, so a big piece of me is that I'm an educator. So I've been in the field of education for a long time. Um, so I used to teach, I started in junior high and high, then high school. So I was a science teacher. Uh, and then we had our three kids. So life sort of shifted a little bit. I did do a job share one year. Then I avoided um, going back to work and pursued my master's degree, which was something that I always wanted to do. So I did go, I experienced going back to school as a mom, which was interesting. And shortly before finishing, we had our third. So I don't recommend finishing your master's degree with a newborn. Uh, wow. But yeah, so that was tough, but I did it. So I feel proud about that. Um, and it led to some interesting opportunities. So I think it was sort of at that point when I just really realized for me, I knew there's lots of moms that are teachers, but it just wasn't going to be a good fit. So I went through a little bit of a phase of panic, <laughs> uh, guilt, because I didn't, wasn't going to fit that mold. I knew I wasn't going to be happy. And part of the reason is I get so invested in my students. I have a hard time drawing the line. Um, so just for me, that role really blurred too much between family and work. Um, but through my master's, I had met a man um, who worked with the Alberta government, and I had been on a subcommittee with him um, in developing some new teacher mentorship programs for Alberta teachers. And um, I started telling him, and really anybody who would listen to me, what I wanted in a job. So I wanted something part-time, flexible, where I could work some of the time from home. 
And I met with him a few times. And one day he phoned me and I had actually at this point resigned from the school board, which was a very hard conversation to have. Um, But he said, I think I have the perfect job for you. So for two years, um, I worked for the Calgary Board of Education in conjunction with Junior Achievement. And I wrote two courses for them that are actually five credit high school courses. Yeah. Uh, so junior achievement and I used to be like this for years. So okay. I thought, yes, I'm very familiar. Oh my gosh. See what yeah. we're <laughs> so the dollars with cents and the investment strategies. I taught okay. both of those, those oh, no way. Like courses, I guess, in, in yeah. well, investment strategies in high school and dollars with cents in, in junior high. So yeah, junior achievement is near and dear to my heart as well. And it's something that I need to get back involved with. It's been a couple of years, so. Yeah, they're amazing. More about that after. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I haven't like worked with them per se in a while. Um, But um, I wrote the courses I wrote for them, interestingly enough, are on um, the business of skilled trades and the business of fine and performing arts, and none of which I know anything about. But I know how to create courses and curriculum. (laughs) And that was part of the focus of my master's degree, along with mentorship. So, yeah, so. Um, education, like that's a big piece of me and what I do. And I actually keep being asked to speak on course development, um, which is interesting because that's not really where I saw what I'm doing now going. Um, I do teach part-time in the faculty of education. So the Workland School of Education at the University of Calgary, I work with student teachers there and it's a dream come true. I get to watch them grow so much in their student teaching and sort of mentor and guide them through that process. And I learned so much along the way. Um, And then I'm creating a course right now for the part-time jungle, um, just all about the, the juggle of swinging motherhood and work and helping moms, busy moms, which most or all of us are. Yeah, who isn't a busy mom? <laughs> I want a course about busy mom. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would exist. But just getting, um, just taking that moment of pause to really think, uh, really acknowledge and understand our thoughts and feelings about how our juggle is working for us right now mm-hmm. and what maybe could we change or do differently. Change is hard, even though it can make things feel better ultimately. And then um, providing a bit of a, a plan in creating some actionable steps to make our juggle work better for us, not what works better for this person or that person, but what works best and feels best for us. So, um, and amazingly, I put out an ask to some of the groups I'm connected with. And I think right now I have like 17 guest experts so far who are also going to share their zones of genius in helping moms with um, some things with uh, the motherhood work juggle, which is amazing. So I'm super excited about that. That's in the works for January. And then I have this podcast. So really like the part-time jungle um, started just as a means to create community and conversation about motherhood and work because I just, I didn't feel like I had that. And so I was looking for it and thinking maybe there might be some other moms who also would be interested in being a part of that community and conversation. And it seems like there actually are. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the community is growing and the conversations keep happening. And um, it really seems to be resonating with people, which feels, which feels great. Yeah. And I'm a mom to three. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's a lot. Good. So what is a typical day in the life of you look like? What do you get up to? Like, do you, you were saying you're kind of working towards a little more structure and maybe batching and boundaries, but like in general, how much of your day is creation editing? Um, and then how much of it is, is it act, how much of it is actually reaching out to human beings and having live conversations, meetings, DMs? What, like how, what does that look like for you? Well, Interestingly enough, because of the uniqueness of this year, I'm, I don't know if I can even say what a typical day looks like, um, <laughs> but because, yeah, my world as pretty much everybody's world just got turned upside down in the spring um, because all of a sudden the kids were home and then I was teaching my university students online, trying to support my kids with their schoolwork and that. And then... Part of um, the juggle that works best for me and my family is because my husband is a principal, um, I like jobs and work opportunities that don't have a lot of work to do in the summertime because we, you know, life is precious, time is precious, and we really try and take our summers to be like our family connection time. Like generally we've, we travel, so we've got a trailer, we Last summer, we did a five-week camping trip down to Utah, to Zion and Bryce Canyon and Yellowstone. The summer before that, we were in Germany. We've done a month like on Vancouver Island, Salt Spring Island. So generally in the summer, I'm really like all about family. So this summer was a little different. Um, But in general, in general, I try and um, for me, structure most of my work time Uh, during the week while my kids are at school. So our kids, like our three kids are all school age. They're 14, 12, and nine. So as much as I can, that's when um, I try and have the bulk of my work time. Um, They are old enough now to kind of get themselves to and from school, which helps. Um, But our evenings are busy because two of our kids play hockey and one last year was doing gymnastics and piano and Um, I like to be able to be there and cheer them on and be the taxi cab driver and all those things. And because my husband's job doesn't have a lot of flexibility as a principal, um, I need to kind of have that flexibility um, blocked in. But as you were saying, under normal circumstances, I generally pick a couple of days to have more like the podcast recordings and the, and the conversations. And then I like to have other days where I can be more focused on um, a lot of the creative stuff that you mentioned, like creating things in Canva or drafting emails and that type of thing. Cause I find if I'm back and forth too much, I don't do well. I'm way less productive. So I do try and categorize the work that I do. Right. Awesome. And then because you are, an expert course creator. I have a couple questions for you around the similarities between creating a course and creating a podcast and creating a good podcast episode or a really powerful podcast episode. Um, like, I guess, what are the connections? Like what, like what kind of parts of your knowledge did you pull from your course creation expertise over here into building this podcast? Like what would be the keys for those of those women listening to or watching this, um, looking at maybe creating their own podcast. Yeah. And actually it's, 
I'm quite excited about the podcast. It was very exciting to learn the process and how to do it all for sure. So as far as connecting it to course creation, I think the big thing is you need to think about your audience. So when you're teaching, ultimately, like the biggest piece with teaching is the relationship piece, or at least it is for me. So uh, the podcast you're hoping is going to reach your audience and resonate with them and make a difference. And the same thing is with the course, because it's not about you teaching. It's about others learning, experiencing, and growing. And truly, um, as a teacher, I tend to see a teacher role being more a facilitator then I have all the answers and I'm going to give you all the information um, because I always end up learning so much as well as a teacher, teacher, or even through doing the podcast. So I'd say know your audience and ultimately it's about that relationship with your audience and the people um, that you're hoping your message reaches. Mm. And then I think having a bit of a, a framework then, like having a clear sense of what the objectives of your podcast are. So not so much a formula per se, but what is sort of the overall intent? Like what is the feeling that you want people to have when they're listening to it? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the main sort of parameters? Like you want it to make sense for people. Um, so, you know, like in planning for podcasts, I really want it to be about the people who I'm speaking with sharing their stories. Cause yeah. I think there's so much value and learning in storytelling. Yeah. I know as a teacher, I, or even as a student, I would love, I loved when my teachers told stories that just made the concepts come to life and mean so much more. Um, So I think in, in, uh, with my podcast anyways, really um, bringing out the guests stories um, provide some incredible content and teachable moments and insights and ideas and strategies in a really effective way. Um, And then, yeah, just like keeping the big picture in mind. So with my podcast, it's about creating community. So I want it to be a place where nobody feels like there's one right way to be a mom or to work. There's a million ways. And then there's a million ways in between. Mm -hmm. Um, And then conversation. So it really is about, as I said, like, I don't have all the answers. That's why I talk to other people. The best ideas that I've got about motherhood and work have truly been like big borrow steel from people that I know or people that I've watched or um, just asking those questions to other people. And then I hope that, I mean, I would love if it provided other moms with a little bit of clarity. So even if it's just that, um, I know that I'm not alone. I'm not the only one. Mm. Um, or maybe they hear something and it really resonates with them and they think, you know what, that would be a really good fit for me. Or that's something I've always wanted to do or try or change. And it just gives that little impetus to do something a little bit different. Um, that really helps that mom feel like things are sort of more aligned and working better for them. Right. And from a tech side, you're using, what's that mic called? Uh, so I'm using a Blue Yeti mic. <laughs> and you said you have a brother-in-law who works at? CBC Radio. Yeah. <laughs> cool. um, He's yeah. Like, the mic you need. 
Well, he, yeah, he said it's, he said sound quality is really important. So, but um, yeah, so I, you know, had to, I think that was the part that was a little bit, was kind of the most overwhelming was working through the tech piece. Like it just was not, it was very outside my wheelhouse. I'd never done anything like it before. Um, Like anything, it's easier once you work through it, like you just have to go, go for it. I was laughing with my husband the other day because when I was recording my little teaser episode, which is where I started, I couldn't get rid of, it sounded like I was in an echo chamber and I couldn't figure out why because I was recording in Zoom and editing in GarageBand. Okay. And it, I just had to change the setting in GarageBand to narration vocal. But I had to figure that out. Good yeah. tip, everybody. I know. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to have a podcast hosting site. So yeah, I, what are you using for that? Yeah, so I use Blueberry. Okay. So it's fairly reasonably priced. And part of the motivation is my website's on WordPress. Okay. And you can get a free plugin for WordPress called PowerPress. And so that integrates really nicely with Blueberry. So okay. it makes it super easy to like have your podcast episodes on your website and then um, have them easily go out into all the places where people find their podcasts. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been, yeah, an interesting journey, but very doable if you're, if you're interested. Yes. If a 42 year old mom of three can figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, you can do it too. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all of that. So is there anything you want to leave everyone with? YYC Fempreneurs, Fempreneurs across Canada, a message, if you could put it on a billboard. I don't know if you listen to Tim Ferriss' podcast, so he asked that question. <laughs> on a billboard on the QE2 between Edmonton and Calgary, what would it be? Well, I think it would be that there really is no right way to be a mom and to juggle work, no matter what anybody else says or tells you. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I would absolutely love if anybody would like to check out the part-time juggle podcast. That would be amazing. Um, There's some incredible women with incredible stories and all kinds of um, amazing zones of genius that, uh, that have been guests. And that would be amazing to check that out. And um, I also had the privilege of being in a book that came out in the spring called You've Got This Boss Mama. So if anybody's interested in checking that out, there's quite a few sort of local Calgary moms who have written um, in there as well. So it's just a group of us just all talking about our motherhood work juggles and our journeys and stories and experiences with that. So cool. Yeah. I saw that book on your Instagram. I'm definitely going to get my hands on that one. Is that on Amazon? It's on Amazon or um, you can order it through me as well. Cool. So your website is? Is at theparttimejungle.com. Right. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. you're on Instagram at the part-time jungle. You have an awesome Instagram channel. You're always putting a ton of value out. I uh, can attest to that. So oh, thank you. I appreciate that feedback. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to be interviewed on your p- podcast and to have you share your story and your, um, your very smart brain with, with uh, many fempreneurs. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Hey, Lindsay here. I have a few really exciting things to share with you before you take off. The first is January 4th until 6th, so three days, 
are going to be full of education and connecting with other fempreneurs. It's a completely free event. It is our leadership and marketing conference. I keep wanting to say summit, not using the word summit. It's a conference. It's a virtual conference, live and interactive, where you're going to jump onto a Zoom session with a leader who's going to share an area of expertise with you. You're going to get a ton of marketing and leadership knowledge. Now, if you're wondering why does leadership have anything to do with marketing? Uh, well, I have a question for you. When was the last time you wanted to work with someone who is a business owner if you felt that they couldn't lead you down a path that you want to go down? That is why you want to attend the Marketing and Leadership Conference for Fempreneurs from January 4th until 6th. Three days, uh, we're gonna have sessions every hour on the hour, all day long for three days straight. It's completely free for fempreneurs to attend. So you can pick and choose the sessions you want to join and have the Zoom links delivered right to your inbox. And you're gonna be able to register for that. And you can actually apply to teach a session at yycfempreneurs.com slash conference. The next super exciting thing I have to share with you is on October 15th, our new Fempreneur directory is live on the website. So that's at yycfempreneurs.com slash directory. You can find all sorts of awesome businesses owned by wonderful women on that page, categorized, neatly organized. Uh, Fempreneur grads get a really awesome listing with a photo, multiple links. If you're not a grad, however, you, you still absolutely get to list your business there. However, your listing just won't be quite as fancy with as much going on. So if you would like to list your business at yycfempreneurs.com slash directory, you just need to go to that page and there's a button right there that allows you to submit your listing. And we'd be so happy to have the opportunity to share you and your business with hundreds and hundreds of other female entrepreneurs and not just female entrepreneurs. I mean, this is a public website. All sorts of people are going to be seeing this listing. So my gift to you, it's completely free and I hope you do that. The last thing, the last super exciting thing that I want to share with you is Fempreneur Marketing School will be starting up in January. Now, this is class number 13 since the marketing school began back in February of 2019. So we have well over 100 women through this program. Um, women rave about it. They find it helps them build confidence. They meet a ton of awesome ladies. They learn some really valuable marketing tips and tricks. They implement new systems into their business. They find um, they're able to automate things. So they're saving time and energy, not feeling like a slave to social media. If you want to learn more about the marketing school and hear testimonials from other women who've completed the program, go to our website and there is a videos tab where you can watch testimonial videos. You can also do this on Instagram. Just scroll through our feed at Fempreneurs on Instagram and you will find lots of stories of how this marketing school has helped women. So if you want to register for the January class, there's only eight spots and a few of them have already been taken. You can go to yycfempreneurs.com and you'll find the registration link right there on the homepage. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for sharing with other fempreneurs and thank you for being a woman in business who supports other women in business.